Welcome to another episode of AnimeCons TV. My name is Doug Wilder. We're approaching the end of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, so you know what that means. It's time for me to once again do an Otakon Con Report. This year was Otakon's 25th uh, convention, and it's still going strong. It was the last weekend of July, and it was once again at the Walter Washington Convention Center in Washington, D.C. This was now the third year that it's been in D.C., so it's really starting to feel like the con has moved in. Two years ago when it started at the new convention, it felt a little weird. People, you know, were kind of learning the lay of the land. Not as many people showed up. Last year, people really can't start to come back saying, yeah, this location's doing well. And now it really feels like the con's just, this is the con's new home. People have really moved in and gotten used to it. So that was good to see. I almost always have a lot of good things to say about Otakon. It's the con I've been going to the longest. This year I could actually say now I've been going to the convention for over half my life, which kind of boggles my mind and is really neat for me personally. But this year I felt like I covered a lot more. So I'm going to be bouncing around a lot in topics during this con report. Uh, don't be surprised if you see me kind of looking at my notes as I record this, but let's just dive in. First up, panels. As many of you know, I'm a big fan of checking out various panels at conventions. I present some on my own, things like that. But I definitely saw a lot of neat ones this year at Otakon. Uh, the first one I did was Russians in Anime, which was a really cool mix of history and geography about Russia and Japan's relationship. It talked about kind of the stereotypes within, you know, about Russians in anime, but also mentioned things in history for Japan about their relationship with Russia that people might not know if you don't live in Japan. Like, you don't might not know that this is part of, like, a reference to a conflict that they had and things like that. So it was a really informative and it was a lot of neat stuff. I went to the G-Kids industry panel, um, and they're, you know, a licensor that's kind of getting bigger and bigger. What was neat to them there was seeing not only them talk about what they're releasing on home video, like a lot of these companies are doing, but also why they're trying to get more stuff as theatrical releases, even if they're just kind of limited screenings, and what they want to do and how they want to grow that even more and get more kind of anime on the big screen in America. So that was neat to see. Um, and I'm going to keep, be curious to see how they keep doing that down the road. And of course, that was both talking about Ghibli Fest, things like that, but um, new things they've got in the works like uh, Promerica going to be coming out there. So that's exciting to me. Uh, Ed Chavez, who is works as uh, part of the up and coming licensing uh, manga licensing company Denpa, did a panel about the process of licensing and releasing a Japanese manga in America. And I've seen Ed talk about this kind of unstructured before. Uh, when he worked for another company, he just kind of did the panel, did this t uh, information shooting from the hip. This was now a much more structured version of that talk. He actually had like a real slide deck, not just kind of talking about it and uh, off the hip, like I said. And it was really neat to see it done in this really well formatted way and it was a lot of good information and it's something that i want to see more i continue to say i want to see more people in the industry do this is talk about kind of the industry aspect i mean yeah we like license announcements we like things like that but 
pulling back the curtain a little bit, talking about behind the scenes, talking about what all goes into, you know, bringing anime to fans either on the Japanese or the American industry side. It's something I think there's a lot of uh, material there that can just be tapped, so I'd love to see more people work with that. I did another panel called, or went to another panel called Otaku at the Library of Congress because Library of Congress um, is of course right in Washington, D.C. Um, and these were people f who work at the Library of Congress, um, so they know their stuff, but they were also very clearly geeks themselves. They were really funny, like it was a really engaging panel, they were really funny, they gave a lot of good information, and they kept it really relevant. This was probably one of the best panels I've seen in a long time for something I knew nothing really about. Like, I, you know, I know what the Library of Congress is, but I didn't talk, see, like, never thought about, like, what's it like being, you know, a geek and working in the Library of Congress and some of the work that you get to do and things like that. I know there was a kind of an anime for all event or something uh, for, uh, at the Library of Congress, but it was like Thursday and part of Friday at the convention and it was way off site, so I didn't get to go to that. That was one thing I kind of missed. And part of me was, you know, like, the Thursday's hard because everyone's still arriving. And Friday, it was because it was further off-site, there was no good way to do it. I, th I don't know if maybe there should have been a shuttle service to get people there or something. But it was because of the distance and other things that I wanted to see. I just didn't get to it. That said, again, I want to go back to the actual Otaku at the Library of Congress panel. Fantastic panel. Just really, really fun. And it was nice a fun panel to kind of start the day and I w if this panel comes back again at Otakon I would definitely say check this one out even if it's early in the morning do it you'll learn a lot and you'll laugh a lot and these presenters were just phenomenal uh, another panel that I went to was called Meta and Modern as Modern Myth uh, I'm blanking on the presenter's name now forgive me but it was really interesting because he just kind of ran it like a TED Talk where he just kept moving, going through all his points bit by bit by bit. It was very much a, a structured lecture. And I think he took about, you know, three quarters of the block of time and then had it open for questions at the end. But it was a really cool, solidly well-timed pre uh, presentation. As someone who's a, a big fan of mecha anime, I really enjoyed it because even though there, I know some of these tropes that he's talking about, I know these anime series that he's talking about, things like that. I never saw it from some of these angles that he brought up, so it was really good as a mecha fan, and I think even if you don't aren't a diehard mecha fan, you'd still get a lot out of this. So it was a really well done one. Um, the uh, IOEA did two panels, and I went to both of them. I only caught part of one, which was about going to a comic, a comic market. Um, and it was interesting just to see kind of what it's about, and kind of how the organization formed and why it's so focused on fan works it's not really about super pro level stuff like that and you know a lot of people just as americans we hear about comic kit but we don't know the ins and outs and so hearing them talk a little bit more about what it's like and some of what goes into it is really neat um there are the one about fan events i thought i went in expecting them to talk about events they were going to be putting on and they did talk a little bit about the Otaku World Summit that they'll be doing a little bit before the 2020 Olympics in um, Ikebukuro. Um, but 
it, I, it was neat to see them just talking about kind of how they work with different events all across the world and how there's very different styles of events. They talk about how Comic Kid is much more, you know, kind of creator focused, whereas something like, say, Otakon is much more fan focused, much more on that. And it's not saying one's better than the other or anything like that, but that just there's a wide variety in how, even though they are all very different, they're very still very connected you know because they all work together and have this network together uh, of course the last panel i went to was kind of my now traditional otakon sunday panel which was the uh, discotech uh, media panel it's the other industry panel i went to and it's been really amazing to see how this uh company has grown for their panels the first one was very small only kind of a handful knew it knew the company and now they're filling a room they only had like a handful of announcements, and they this one they just kept the announcement train going. They are now actually working on dubs for some of their releases, so they actually brought out some of the dub cast and ADR staff for their release of Ken Mono Friends, which is going to be a very big hit for them, I suspect. And they did even then get a little bit more behind the scenes. They talked about some of the other stuff that they've been working on. Um, they announced Space Adventure Cobra movie on a 4K, Ultra 4K, which is going to be amazing. And they talked about kind of the work they had to go into to get that and how people's computers taking, has to get upgraded and things like that to make these releases happen in the best possible thing. So again, like I, I said about other panels, it's neat to see this more behind the scenes look while still promoting the brand and everything like that. Um, the one thing I would say is it felt like this panel was a, ran a little too tight like, they were pretty much right up to the end. No time for Q&A at the end. Kept it moving. And on one hand, it felt a little rushed. On the other hand, as I thought about it, I don't know where they could cut anything. Like, they kept so much... All the info they brought in was really nice and relevant, and they kept it moving. So, I don't know. Do I want to say they need to go longer, need to go shorter? It's a tough call. So, again, it was just it was a very dense panel. But still good. You just you had to be there kind of right from the beginning, right to the end, to catch everything. And again, just kept moving. Moving on to other programming, I checked out their game room th this year, and it felt like a typical game room. I mean, there's not a whole heck of a lot to report there. One thing I will say is that I finally, 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 after years of seeing them at uh, conventions. I finally got to try the Gundam Pods game, which is something I've been wanting to do for, feels like forever. Um, and the company that I think kind of moves them to different cons only has four of these. And they take a little time, so there's almost always a line. This year, I actually said, you know what? I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna check this out. I'll go to the game room first thing Sunday morning, like as soon as they open and make a beeline for the Gundam Pods, and I'll get to try it out. I was number five in line. So I still had to wait, um, but only, you know, maybe 10 minutes at most. And it was worth it. You know, I wasn't in the first wave, but it was worth it for 10 minutes. Um, when the line's longer, I'm not sure it's really worth it because I want to check out other stuff at the convention. It's not a priority. So I'd say if you know they're going to be at, coming to another convention, make sure you get to the uh, video game room or wherever it is early and get in line early and then go do other stuff. If you're, unless you have like a huge chunk of time to kill, 
don't waste your time waiting in line for the Gundam pods. But again, they were still fun. Um, one other thing I saw in the game room was they had demos of how to play Mahjong, which was cool to see. And this is something I wish I, we could see in more game rooms at it. Like, just learning how to play kind of, you know, some of these Japanese games and things like that. Not necessarily panel, but something like you can sit down and actually play and have someone who knows the game teach you a little bit more and engage you and stuff like that. I mean, how many people remember how big um, how to play Koi Koi uh, panels were after um, Summer Wars was a big hit? You know, that doesn't count. Those kind of came and went, and I'd like to see them kind of bring back. So maybe just idea free idea for conventions do a block of how to play traditional Japanese games and stuff like that and go through a bunch of them like say okay at 10 o'clock we're going to do how to play this Japanese game uh, this game and stuff like that and find ones that are in anime because I think you get a lot of stuff people interested in the more traditional games not necessarily you know like hey how to play Yu-Gi-Oh not that but more of the traditional stuff I think it's there's an audience there and if it's something that you promote you're gonna have a lot of success speaking of the game room uh one thing they had in both the game room and the dealer's room was a booth for wild bill soda which for those of you who haven't seen this before i've seen these this company at a bunch of different cons all up and down the east coast and usually you buy like a tin mug from them sometimes it's branded with convention sometimes it's just their logo I got a nice one that was kind of rainbow t uh, metallic um, for the 25th anniversary of uh, 25th Otakon. And you bring your uh, mug up to their uh, soda taps and you can usually get, you get unlimited refills of their types of soda. And they used to be, like at most cons that I saw, you buy the mug for the day, you'd have unlimited refills for that day, and if you went back the next day, it was like, oh, it's like five bucks more to get unlimited soda for the next that day too what they did this time and they again they had two stations one in the dealer's room one in the video game room was it was one price for the mug and it was good for the entire weekend so for the smaller mug i paid about thirty dollars which was it seemed like a good uh steep price but then when i found out that it was unlimited refills the entire weekend it paid for itself pretty quickly i shared it with a friend so for 15, you know, basically $15 for the, each of us, we were getting unlimited soda. And okay, yes, yeah, soda is not going to be the most healthy thing for the entire convention. And you shouldn't replace having actual water and having an actual meal. But it was nice to have that convenience of, you know what? I don't have to worry about it. I've paid for it. Just get a little more, keep going and things like that. So you're paying for the convenience, but when you look at it as unlimited refills the entire weekend and just have the peace of mind of not having to budget for that, it was really worthwhile. So I kind of hope this comes back and they do it again next year and the same model because I would definitely do that again. But as I said, the Wild Bill Soda was in the game room. They were also in the dealer's room. I didn't spend too much in the dealer's room this year, but there was some, some good variety, like a lot of different vendors and things like that. We're seeing more figures out and um, I mentioned Denpa's publishing uh, panel. They actually had a small booth with a couple things for sales as they're starting to announce more licenses and stuff like that. One thing they were giving away was Japanese-style book covers for, for the manga. So if you've ever been to Japan or you see like that, this in anime or stuff like that, a lot of people get book covers even for manga that they buy. So you can't see what they're reading while like you're on the subway or on the train or something like that. 
And I thought this was a really neat idea because it was something that had it and you could protect your book and you got something a little more Japanese with it. And they had art usually wrote by the artists of some of the titles they were selling. So it was a neat little bonus thing. So I hope it continues to, or they just, you know, promote it a little bit more because it was a really unique idea and it was something different. One of the things that was weird to me was uh, Bluefin Brands did not have a booth at Oticon this year. Uh, I bought a big model kit from them last year, and they didn't have a booth at Oticon. And it was especially weird because this was after San the weekend after San Diego Comic-Con, where they were promoting all sorts of stuff for the 40th anniversary of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. They had a ton of stuff, year-specific stuff for the 40th anniversary, and it was really neat to see. And I just it seems so weird. Like, you'd think they would have packed up the leftovers, maybe replenished some of the stock, and just sent it from San Diego straight to DC for the next con, and they just didn't do it. And I was, for lack of a better word, disappointing. I mean, yeah, I saved money because I didn't go buy more stuff from them, but I was really kind of surprised. So I hope they come back to Otakon next year. I mean, obviously, they won't be the 40th anniversary of Gundam then, but they, their booth always is, has a lot of stuff, and they always seem to be doing good business. So I was very surprised. Where I did spend some a little bit more money was at the Artist Alley. Um, once again, they've had some good variety. I think a lot of Artist Alleys at conventions are now becoming just kind of, everyone's just selling prints of their stuff. Digital prints, digital prints, digital prints everywhere. And this one felt like people are actually doing a more wider variety of things. There's more things out there. You know, prints are still available, but plenty of other like handmade graphs and stuff. There's Two things I'll bring up that I really liked seeing. The first was um, there was one booth that had jewelry made from a uh, reptile sheds, so like say a, a snake sheds its skin and stuff like that. They made some like bracelets or uh, necklaces out of that. Um, and it's also a company that works with an animal rescue, so not they had a lot of you know neat stuff. It's you know all humanely made because it's just the shed skin. It's not actually harming the animal. These prices were really good, variety of colors. And I thought one of the neatest things about this was they actually said like where all everything came from. So you'd pick up a piece of like I bought uh, a pendant for uh, my, my girlfriend. And on the back, it just says like, oh, this came from, say, Billy the Corn Snake and <laughs> things like that. So you actually, you know, gave it a little more identity like that. And it was a unique thing. So something we haven't seen at conventions before. So I hope this uh, artist did really well. I hope they come back. Like I'll definitely keep an eye out for them at Otakon. I have their Etsy shop, so I'm definitely going to be probably spending some more money for people I know that like reptiles, like supporting animal rescue, and like cool jewelry. So I think that there'll be one I'll be visiting again. So again, I hope they did well. Uh, there was another artist there called Ridith Mochi, who I've been following for a while now. And this was his first time at an East Coast convention, so I was super excited that I saw him booth. Um, and he had some, you know, some of his typical digital prints and some T-shirts from of designs he's done. But he had a folio, uh, just kind of a notebook of like kind of black construction paper. I'm probably saying the way wrong artistic term, but he did all these designs for uh, Inktober. So it was black um, paper with white and gold ink and these are all unique designs that he did just on his own one of a kind so i got a really cool g gundam 
uh, Devil Gundam Colony inspired design by him and it was a little up there more up there in price compared to some of the other stuff he was offering but at the same time I looked at this as like I love this artist it's unique it's one of a kind no one else is going to have this this is going to be only mine and like I think we ha I'd have a picture of it and this picture just does not do it justice it was really neat to see and he was super friendly so I hope he gets through more East Coast cons because I'd love to see him continue to succeed and make more cool Gundam stuff. But again, just so you had to look about it, but I'd say Artist Alley was a good way to like really look around. And if you had time to really browse this year, you could find a lot of neat stuff. It was a really good Artist Alley this year. And last, but definitely not least, one thing I got to do this year was I got to the incredible chance to interview uh, Toru Furuya, who's just an amazing voice actor with quite a resume. He's done a bunch of stuff. We'll be showing, sharing that full uh, interview in a future episode of Anime Cons TV, but it was incredible. He was a super friendly guy, and I want to just take a moment here to just give a huge thank you to the Otakon press and guest relations staff for giving me the... Uh, like. How, facilitating this opportunity it really meant a lot to me uh i remember getting ready to do this interview and my heart was just jumping out of my chest and thankfully i didn't you know faint as i got a chance to meet him and things like that but it really meant a lot to me and it was a really cool moment like that so again i want to give a big thank you to the otakon staff for giving me that opportunity it really means the world to me as someone who's loved gundam for longer than i've been going to otakon which is now over 18 is <laughs> now over 19 years so there we go and that's my report on otakon 2019 i still feel like i ran out of time to do everything uh i wanted and felt like everybody i talked to was doing multiple things every so we all checked out things that were going on at the same time but we all still had a great time so again i had a blast if maybe you went this year uh or maybe you've been to another anime convention recently you should let us know you can always send, get in touch with us. You can email us at podcast at animecons.tv. You can even leave us a voicemail at 762-ADEQUATE, which is 762-233-7828. Uh, don't forget to like us and subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. And also, don't forget to share us with your friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways that we can get people to check out our show. Once again, I'm Doug Wilder, and we'll see you guys again soon.